Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you on a Monday. It's Hail Varsity, powered by Hurt Ad Sports. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Chris at HailVarsity.com or 489-1240. Panic level is what? On Carter Nelson. I'm at a two, maybe a three. That he uh, ends up going somewhere else. I think Nebraska's okay, but they can't ignore the pursuit by a team like Notre Dame and others. Uh, Cutter chimes in with uh, some beer half full thinking. What if Carter Nelson's doing an inside job and was trying to flip recruits (laughs) that are going to Notre Dame to come to Nebraska? Uh, I, I like that, Cutter. Let's go check the uh, the visitors list real quick. And while I do that, I will say I think my concern's a little higher than yours. I'd probably put it at a at a four and is a it, half. Is it more the future of Notre Dame? Because we, we know it's apples and oranges where the programs currently are at. Notre Dame's in the top ten. Notre Dame's knocking on a playoff door, potentially. And they're uh they're they're winning big games in, in big time moments. Nebraska's trying to, to win three out of four, four out of five. They're, they're worried about Northwestern here and trying to fix some some big-picture ailments of the program. We're all boy, Jeff. We love uh, having beers with you out in Boulder, Jeff. Positive note, Notre Dame only had uh, two uh, completions out of 13 to tight ends. But you did see Xavier Watts go off. A Omaha product, the Nebraska kid, good for 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 Watts at the safety spot. So th- there there is that. There, there's not too many Nebraskans that have gotten away. I think I get them confused. Junior Bryant or Bryant Young, one of the two, great defensive tackle, went to Notre Dame, was an Omaha kid. So I'm <laughs> I'm fifty fifty on who, but I know it was Junior Bryant or Bryant Bryant Young. I think it was Junior Bryant. Went to the NFL. Ty Good grew up with Ty, incredible player at Southeast, uh, phenomenal ball player. Uh, Ty went to Notre Dame and uh, is is super successful now. And and then you've got Watts. I mean, those are the three Nebraskans that that went to the Irish as Carter Nelson elsewhere. Nebraska's got to do it on the field. But there's got to be trust and belief that it's going to be different, Elijah, and better. Where Nebraska is knocking on the door of success. Uh, beyond, hey, can you beat Northwestern? Can you win at Illinois? Can Nebraska go play well and perform in big games? But you got to crawl before you walk, and that's what Rule's working on now. I've uh, been doing some research over here of who was actually at that Notre Dame game over the weekend. Please tell me. uh, Both uh, the Rezac brothers were at the game. Sure. So that could be some peer recruiting. But I'm sitting here. There was a kid named Bryce Young. No, not that Bryce Young. There's a recruit named Bryce Young that was there, and I think based on name alone, it's a, a kid you want. I've, I only know one Bryce Young to compete in college football, and he was pretty dang good. But the more shocking one to me, and maybe this will make you feel old, Schmitty, Jerome Bettis Jr. Oh, yeah, the buses boy. Yeah, he's a class of 2025 wide receiver from down in Georgia, and it does appear as if he's going to Notre Dame. That was his fourth time visiting the school and the third time this school year alone that he has gone and visited Notre Dame. So Notre Dame is the clear favorite there. But how about that for feeling old? 
Jerome Bettis Jr. is a class of 2025 kid being recruited. He's got 16 total offers across the country, and Purdue just offered him in the Big Ten. So that's uh, that's just an interesting name. I, it makes me feel I remember Jerome Bettis from my childhood years. Look at you, and and, and you got uh, you got the. You got the Pittsburgh Jerome Bettis years and the uh, the Super Bowl championship in 05. Was there years before the Pittsburgh years? Oh, yeah. I think he was drafted by the Rams, bro. <laughs> I'm kidding, but you're all you right. Don't re- you don't the remember. The only ones you I don't remember because you were, you were not even close to being born yet. Uh, I remember Jerome Bettis going off in the Sugar Bowl against Spurrier and the Gators, and it was the emerald green jerseys that Notre Dame wore in the Sugar Bowl where there's this 260 pound beast getting fullback trap and dive carries running all over Spurrier's Gators this was 92 or 93 Sugar Bowl remember watching that thing with my old man and it's like ah look at Notre Dame beating the hell out of Florida this is kind of cool this is before Notre Dame and Florida State this was the 92 season 93 Sugar Bowl but that's how I that's where I like Boom, burst on. Closet Notre Dame fan. Not going to lie to you. Love Chris Zorich. All right, love Stonebreaker. Uh, love Tony Rice. Love the 88 National Championship team. Uh, you have um, Barry Alvarez, their defensive coordinator, on that, on that Irish team. And I love their schedule. They beat Miami. They beat USC. And I wish Nebraska would have played them in a bowl game. Never got to see it. Scott chimes in here on the stream and says, with Jerome Bettis Jr., dare we call him the short bus? <laughs> no, <laughs> not in 2023. We don't dare call him the, the short bus, but Scott, appreciate it. No, I mean, it kind of makes sense, though. I mean, he is a little smaller than his dad. Well, sure. He's a, he's a wideout. Uh, let's hear a little more from, from Matt Rule. And this was fascinating today at the press conference. Uh, you have the, the big picture topic and Matt Rule. Uh, laid out what is ailing this program. And it comes down to a question that was asked, and it was a good question. Hey, man, the, the West is wide open. It wasn't framed that way, but I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Wisconsin just got beat. Iowa's coming to Lincoln. Man, and there's a bunch of one and two teams in, in the Big Ten West, Illinois. They just kind of surprised Maryland. You guys got to be liking your chances to, to survive in the West. And, and maybe make some noise. And that's that's decent thought. But rules quick to, to put that fire out, not for this program right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about the big picture. I think that's the problem uh, with Nebraska football. I think that's why we've gone one and five down the stretch most years, looking at things outside of just going one and zero this week, evaluating the offensive, defensive coaches, evaluating the offense versus the D. All, the, all this this stuff outside the program. Um, I'm, I'm going to do my best to keep it from f- infiltrating the program. We've got to get a way to get one and zero this week. We've got to try to improve this week. Um, it's going to be a real challenge to me. Um, you know, I had a chance to watch the teams we play. I was really, really happy to see Illinois play well, you know, because that obviously anytime we play someone, we beat them and then we see them play well. It makes us feel good about who they are. So Northern Illinois go get a huge win over a 5-1 Ohio U team. So, you know, I feel good about where our team is, um, but our team has got to eliminate the looking past just what's important this week. When we got embarrassed in Michigan, we didn't think about anything else other than Friday night, and we were locked in. And we're going to find out about myself as a head coach and our coaches and our players and our staff. Can we, can we have that same focus this week? We better. You know what the problem's been is the the want to fast forward, Elijah. And it's it's maybe some staffs, maybe some players, 
and for sure the fans, you sure as hell want to skip the pain, and I don't blame you, and get to get to nine and one. And all right, it's always been a conference title or a division title, and let's go play in the conference championship game and see where the the ball bounces for a, for a good bowl berth. And that's that's been void for too many years here. And you get one win, and you just think it's going to be automatic. Well, in reality, you got to put the work in and and really drill down in this league because of how best way to word to put is exhausting. The Big Ten West is. It's a lot of things. It needs a lot of lipstick, but it's not for the faint of heart, and it sure as hell isn't for teams that that are too good for a moment on on a Saturday. And the the front-running part, too, is where Rule really gets deep here. We'll get there in a minute. But that's that's a one-two punch, man. You've got to learn how to block, and that's what he's working on. And and part of of what I think about when I hear that statement is I have to go back to what Matt Rule said following the Illinois game where he talked about enjoying the process of watching these these young men figure out how to go out and win football games, figure out how to win, figure out – uh, you know what you need to do to pick up your teammates and, and get through that finish line and I think that's huge this year and it's easier said than done obviously to be able to, to sit back and say you know what you have to get step by step and understand that these guys have to learn how to win and that's an enjoyable process or can be in and of itself but is not is it not part of the process of learning how to win to understand how to take advantage of the opportunities that your opponents give you and that's whatever I, that's what I look at whenever I look at the Big Ten West right now. Is right now all the other schools in the Big Ten West are giving you a, a damn good opportunity. You start the year in conference play zero and two, and yet and you and, and you have a chance to even up and and control your own destiny. And, and it comes down to going one and zero every single week. And I understand whenever you have a team that's just learning how to win, going one and zero every single week is easier said than done. But part of that to me is understanding that. Your foes in the Big Ten West have given you a giant opportunity to to close this season and control your own destiny, and and I, I think part of that process is is seeing what Nebraska does with that opportunity over the the final six weeks. Because I feel a hell of a lot better about Nebraska's chances of making a bowl game here on a Monday than even I did five days ago during the bye week. When you look at what the Big Ten West did this past weekend, they gave you an opportunity not only to go make a bowl game but to go out there and, and have a chance in the Big Ten West as a whole. And there's a lot of problems with this Husker football team right now. I think that much is evident, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But you look across the Big Ten and everyone's got problems on one side of the football, if not both sides of the football. So they're leaving you a massive opportunity here. I want to see what this team does whenever they have an opportunity in front of them. Because again, as I said, that's a part of a rebuild. That's a part of your tr- team learning how to win is what are you going to do with said opportunity? Do you have enough supervision within the locker room and within the coaching staff to not botch something. Mm -hmm. That's what it comes down to. Uh, Walter chimes in, uh, Big Ten West is a catastrophe of biblical proportions. Uh, Don't disagree. That's a uh, a rinse and repeat type comment that I think you can use just about every single fall. You can use it every every week (laughs) uh, in in the Big Ten. A little bit more from from Matt Rule with the Rule Rewind uh, when it comes to fans versus players and, and rule was asked about uh, the you know fans looking ahead and rule was quick to, to, to praise the fans but players can't fall into that trap well I love Husker fans let me say that okay I'm talking about the team you know like like the only reason why we have the opportunities we have is because there's so much care about the program 
Um, I just have to make sure our players don't act like fans. They act like the guys that are going to go out and play. And so if you're not careful, you know, like, like then all these things start to infiltrate the team. And so um, I go back and I just look at history, okay? You look at the, the team, look, look at Nebraska football over the last eight to ten years in the second half of the season. It's abysmal, okay? And it's not a knock on anyone. I respect the heck out of those guys. are good coaches. But, like, we're not, we can't be the type of team that, oh, we lose, we, we're, we lost to Colorado, we're embarrassed, we come back, we win. We play okay, not very great against La Tech, right? We, then, then we go out, we get embarrassed against Michigan. Now we're embarrassed. Now we can play great against Illinois. We just can't be that team. I'm not, I don't want to coach that team, and our players don't want to be a part of that team. So that's what it is. We'll have some more thoughts from Coach Rule, more thoughts from you. Hour one rolls forward at Tail Varsity, powered by Herd at Sports. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One, hold on. We have one more segment before we <laughs> get to Charlie McBride. I got to take a breath here. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. It's Hale Varsity. A reminder to get buckled up. One of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska involves an alcohol impaired driver. Why take chances if you drink? Don't drive. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office, more comments from you in the stream yard. We'll get there, 489-1240. can also dial us up at a bit of a rural rewind right here as Nebraska gears up for Northwestern. And pretty philosophical today from Rule. And I don't think that was his intent. He asked, was asked questions and he answered questions, Elijah, on Nebraska's big picture problem. Uh, players not looking ahead. And battling the outside noise. I mean, outside noise here is something that you'd like to think can be ignored or brushed off. That's not necessarily been the case for Nebraska. There's this thing out there that I can hear, right, about like, you know, is this coach doing a, They're all doing a good job. This program's not in good shape. <laughs> they're all doing a great job, I think. And so I'm in charge of this football program. Like, Sat would love to go no huddle and score 50 points. Tony would love to blitz every play. I run the program. And so we're playing as a team. So all that other stuff, it's, it's, it's why we haven't been to a bowl game. We're the only Power 5 team that hasn't been to a bowl game in a long time. So if I start talking about bowl games, I'm part of the problem. So the fans are supposed to do this. My daughters, dad, if we go to a bowl game, can I have Taylor Swift? My daughters are fans, right? They're they're supposed to do that. I just got to get the team to be really locked in to like today, tomorrow. Because think about Coach Braun, the job that he's done. Comes comes from North Dakota State, takes this job in Northwestern. He's the DC, Coach Fitzgerald, great friend of mine, a man I respect, gets let go. He steps in as the interim head coach. He's on a one-year deal, and he's got this team battling, man. They're fighting for their lives. What are we doing? You know, what, what are we going to be like? We'll find out on Saturday. So that's the message I put out there usually on Mondays when I feel this because I want our players to have that mentality, but they will. I want our staff, and I hope our fans come to this game as locked in and as thinking this game is as important as anything else because I respect the team we're playing, and I respect the coaching staff. To be in the situation they're in, to be down 21, points and to fight back man that's that says a lot about the character we better have the same character so Elijah what do you think of of that with the 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 narrative that's been out there and we've say we are the outside noise (laughs) well we we are but I think we're we're pretty this isn't to like break our arm patting ourselves on the back but I think we're we're pretty fair I think it's okay to question I think it's okay to all right uh should they be better at xyz but I also absolutely respect and value Coach Rule's take. He's the he's the foot 
excuse me, he's a football coach. I mean, he's he's the dude. So if he's saying, okay, uh, there's rabbit ears and you hear it and it's more prevalent now than 15, 20 years ago when it was just message board or maybe you're down at the bars, now there's social media. I mean, there's a billion fan interactions. I mean, social media is, can be good, bad, and ugly for you. And if if you're not thick-skinned or if you're not used to having struggles with your athletic career and you're not performing like you did in high school, you're going to hear about it. And if you've not performed at a level or it's just been a constant struggle, a battle, a grind, yeah, your confidence probably sucks right now. And it's like anything. I mean, you just got to, as you get older and grow up, you just got to just kind of got to roll with the punches and just have selective hearing, quite frankly. And that's another part of this thing he's working on that, that's feeding into this big picture problem. Um, one thing here with Rule, cut five, and we'll chat a little more, is the communication part. You know, how does Rule uh, know about these narratives out there? Well, I mean, he talks to his guys. He checks on his guys and, and his coaches. And if, if you're sat, you're coming here from South Carolina, and we've heard from South Carolina fans that weren't fans of his, we, I think we've been pretty fair at saying, look, you know, what, what, are you, what are you doing? We're going armchair quarterback sometimes. And then we're also saying, this guy's trying to make the best chicken salad ever based on injuries and inexperience. In so it is a two-way street. Who's with us? Uh, Pete is with us. In the phone Pete, line. go ahead. Thanks for calling, Pete. How are you doing today? We're good. What do you know? Well, just as a fan sitting back, it looks to me like we're a little bit uh, laxed in, in player leadership, captain-wise. You know, when when you've won a lot of games and you won some championships, you develop a leadership in what you're going to put up with and you get a player-led team, so to speak. And I think right now, Rule does not have that. I think he's the player-led, so to speak, as the head coach, and he would like players to step up and set the example, but you can't do that until you start winning. So I think we have to sit back and give him some time. I think he's a real good coach. It's going to come. I know it's going to come. Uh, we just got to be patient, man. No, absolutely. And, and I think he's he's talking about the, the patience, the work that's going in, and it'd be boil it down. Pete, thanks for the phone call. It goes into that boring just be one and oh this week. Well, but that's where this program's at. That's where this football team is at. They have gone one step forward, two steps back, and Northwestern's been the one to push them back more times than not. And it's, it's that's kind of like the perfect phone call to encapsulate what Rule's talking about in, in terms of not listening to the fans and, and having your own bubble within your team that you turn to because patience is the name of the game for the fans right now, but the team can't be patient in any way, shape, or form. The team has to be urgent every single week mm-hmm. in its preparation and being the best team possible whenever it steps in the field on Saturday. If it accepts this message of patience of, well, it's going to take a while to build, they're never going to reach the point. Not for you guys. <laughs> Rule's got his own timetable, and he, and he knows where and when to push them. Mm-hmm. To get him to a certain level, don't you think? Yeah, and that's 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 I think what he's getting at right now. Whenever he's talking about kind of separating the fans from the players, because there's two different expectations for how Rule needs to communicate his expectations with his team and, and with the fans. Whenever it's just 
you know what, when your mentality is going 1-0 every single week and not looking ahead, not looking at the bigger picture, it, it, it does simplify things for your team and just say, we need maximum urgency, not into the grand scheme of a rebuild, we need maximum urgency from Sunday and through Friday so we can go out in the field and beat Northwestern on Saturday, and you're going to do it all again next week, and it, it sounds so obvious that, oh, you know what, you just got to focus on the next opponent in your schedule. But it's so much easier said than done whenever there's people like you and me, Schmitty, getting on the radio today and talking, man, you control your own destiny in the Big Ten West if you just go 1-0 every single week. But if the team starts getting that mentality, it's so much harder they, to go they out don't there know how to handle. They don't know how to handle it, the good or the, or, the, or the bad, because the bads drug them down. They've had a lot of bad. There's been some good here with the way they responded, but you can't to show up and expect it to happen. At, at this point in a rebuild, your margin for error is razor thin. Exactly. And and you know, it's not always going to be perfect. And Nebraska right now is is learning to be something they haven't been for a long time. And, and Pete's a 1,000% right on the, the leadership aspect. You just don't hand it over unless you're damn certain it's going to be able to, to be player-led. Well, you've got some good dudes on this team. And some some talent. What do they know? They know being home for the holidays, and they know that okay, you, you just beat Illinois. You've had a bye week. No, a lot of Nebraska teams that these guys have been on, not their fault, but reality. They've gone out and dropped the game to Northwestern or Purdue. You know, so we'll we'll wind down this first hour, tail varsity here on a Monday. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. It's Hale Varsity powered by Herd at Sports. So here is the calendar for the next week as we're on the road. Single barrel, Thursday, 4 to 6, 9th and P inside the graduate. We're back there for a Thursday night soiree. Friday this week at Herd at Sports Bar and Grill in La Vista. If you're headed up, to the Omaha region. Come see us up there. If you're listening to us in Omaha, come see us if you uh, want to and get some uh, some bang-bang sauce and a cold pint and uh, then get out to the high school ball games. And then Saturday ahead for the weekend edition, uh, we are noon to 2 ahead of Nebraska Northwestern. And don't forget, Real Red Reaction follows Nebraska Northwestern. One week from today, one week from today, we are... Out for some Big Ten Mondays slash little Monday night football as we'll be at Rosie's downtown. I'm excited to be at Rosie's next Monday. We want to see you down there. And that is uh, going to be 10th and P. Rosie's right across from the embassy. So a couple of Monday night shots for us down at Rosie's downtown starting next a, Monday. A decent Monday night game as well with the 49ers and the Vikings. Some of the Vikings yes. haven't had this season that they would have liked, but 49ers picked up some injuries yesterday. And we'll see if those guys are back in time for Monday night football. If you don't have a guy like Christian McCaffrey or a guy like Debo Samuel, ooh, I don't know about the 49ers and their offense uh, with Brock Purdy being the most explosive playmaker that they got. If you've got to sure make like him that. be the guy, good luck and so could God be a, bless. Could be a good game next week. All right, uh, last side here from uh, Rule. When it comes to communicating with the, the players, uh, making sure they're the same team each week, this will conclude our Rule Rewind. We'll try and get to some of the pro football focus and O-line comments next up. That was funny. He called pro football focus a cottage industry. Sure, is brother. Hilarious. I'd love to get to that, but... We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there in a little bit, but here is rule on 
being able to, to read his team. And, uh, you know, this is all part of the build. I talk to the players a lot. I talk to the players a lot. And I've talked to them a lot in the offseason. Um, I'll meet with a bunch of like, during the week. The, one, the, the thing that I've done, I think, better than I normally have is after the first two weeks, I spend a lot of time one-on-one with players. And so they kinda, they've kind of given me a lot of things. But I can also just kind of feel it in my daily conversations with, like, the people in our building, right? People love to send me, like, memes from Twitter. Like, you know, like, hey, look, coach, there's a picture of you. It's just not healthy for the... It's not healthy for the team. This is a team that has to learn how to be the same team every week, right? Doesn't that what you guys all want? You guys want to come watch us play badly on Saturday? Like, we want to be the same team every week. And so that's a level of, you know, that's, that's hard to do. Either you're so talented, you don't have to do that. There's some teams that are so talented, they, they have to get up for three or four games. We have to get up for every game. We had to battle to beat Northern Illinois. We had to battle to beat La Tech. We're not in that place yet. we got to fight, scratch, and claw. So the players have kind of addressed a lot of these things with me. I'm not worried about the players. Um, as much as I'm worried about like our staff and coaches and all them, like we, we have to lead the way. I have to lead the way. I have to wake up this week feeling that same. Now, I woke up after that Michigan game, Mitch. I felt sick to my stomach that whole week. I woke up after the Colorado game. I felt like someone was standing on my chest. You know, I don't want to w- walk around this week happy. <laughs> I better feel, have the same urge to go 1-0 this week. Um, but this is not about, hey, Northwestern. This is just about the program in general. I'm trying to do a good job of addressing it to people because I went to Takema this summer and I spoke. And there was a 97-year-old woman that waited in line to meet me. And so when I think about Husker fans, I think about her. And I don't, I don't want her like, she waited in line to meet me. That's embarrassing to me. And I, don't, I just want us to be that type of a team that like, you, when you come to see us play, you know what you're going to get. And so that's the challenge for us these last six games, not to worry about what comes after them, but just to worry about how we do them. Good layout by Coach Rule is good luck. 18 to 23 year olds knowing what you're going to get week in week out that's the goal to to be consistent and predictable in a good way coach mcbride mr blackshirt next